Perfectionism is a losing battle because none of us are perfect and we can always improve. So with every single thing that you do, you are analyzing and scrutinizing it and thinking, how could I have done it better? These top performers who have this label imposed on them tend to show very little grace whenever they make mistakes. So if you feel like being a perfectionist has either been imposed on you or you've slapped that label on yourself, really sit with yourself and ask, is this benefiting me? Am I learning from my mistakes or am I dwelling on my mistakes? Because that is extremely unhealthy for your mental health, your self-esteem, and you're always going to be looking for validation from other people the rest of your life unless you switch that narrative. Welcome to the Living and Leading with Emotional Intelligence podcast by Emotional Intelligence Magazine. Emotional Intelligence Magazine, or EIM Plus as it's known for short, is a one-stop resource for anyone looking to learn more about emotional intelligence. In addition to articles, videos, and recommended books to help you develop and expand your EI, EIM Plus offers a platform for EI coaches and specialists so they can connect with individuals who are ready to take their life or business to the next level. Learn more by visiting ei-magazine.com. That's ei-magazine.com. Or follow us on Instagram at the underscore ei underscore magazine. You can find these links and more in today's show notes. And if you are someone interested in affiliate marketing and want to earn some extra cash, make sure you stay till the very end of this show and I'm going to be going over a very special offer with you. All right, so let's get started. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole. I'm taking over the guest episode podcast for today and doing a solo episode. And we're going to talk about the importance of not allowing labels to become part of our identity. Now, what is a label? I mean, we have so many labels these days. Our label could be our name, our race, our gender, where we're from. Like, I am an American. I am a female or I am a teacher. These are all labels, and it seems fairly innocent, right, to have these labels attached to us, but there's a lot of danger in allowing labels to define us, especially behavioral labels. They are much more challenging to remove because they are so heavily weighted through the perception of others. For example, like negative labels like cheat or hothead or liar, these are especially tough to replace. It's like trying to remove a sun-baked bumper sticker from your car. They tend to just stick. Even when you manage to get them off, there's still some type of residual residue from that label. And here's the scary thing about behavioral labels. It could just be a one-off decision or a one-off unchecked emotional outburst that may cause someone to have a ruined reputation or lose their job. And I automatically think of people labeled as Karens. Nowadays, with everybody pretty much having a smartphone and a camera, all it takes is someone recording that, it going viral on social media or getting back to your boss or getting back to a family member or anything, and bam, now you have that label on you. And it's extremely unfortunate because you don't know that person's history beyond that situation. But now that is what they are known for. And it really doesn't matter if they apologize and are really sincere and genuine in their effort to recover. Their past actions or remarks tend to become a part of, quote unquote, who they are instead of what they said or what they did at one point in time. So this begs the question, Is it fair to label someone 
based on their decisions? Do you want to be labeled based on your decisions? And I go back to thinking about my past self. I had so many labels placed on me. Early labels, you know, in childhood were stupid and dumb from my peers. And then in my teenage years, when I started to have my emotional outburst, it was crazy, bitch, and hothead. Now, some people say that people do deserve the labels that have been placed on them because they, quote unquote, asked for it. And I think this speaks to two things, a lack of empathy and also a lack of understanding of human behavior. We like to think of ourselves as rational beings. And yes, we do have a choice. Our decisions are a choice. But when we haven't developed our emotional intelligence, emotions can easily hijack our thoughts, our decisions, and we can just react. While you can say everyone has a choice, that was their choice to react that way. If it wasn't conscious, if they're not emotionally intelligent and equipped to self-regulate, then they were acting on impulse. They weren't thinking. They weren't making a choice in that moment. They were simply reacting. And there's many things that cause us to react. And sometimes our reaction is conscious. Sometimes we are making a conscious choice. But there's other factors like we may be ignorant. And ignorance and stupidity are very different. Ignorance is a lack of proper information. It's not a dismissal of proper information. How we were raised is a huge factor. Indoctrination, right? The beliefs, the upbringing, the cultural views that we hold. If you were raised in a family that had very racist views, then until you've had alternative experiences in life or sought out new information, you're likely just going to adopt that as part of your beliefs. Extreme circumstances is another reason that we make poor decisions. If we're in an unsafe or toxic environment where we are constantly living in a state of fear or you're in poverty then that can cause people to do things that they otherwise would not do. And I think first and foremost, what we are seeing in our society, and I'll go back to this because I touched on it in the beginning, is a lack of awareness and a lack of impulse control. We fail to develop awareness that we have an issue because we're always looking at other people's problems. And we really struggle to self-regulate. We are very impatient. We don't take the time to develop skills like emotional intelligence. And so we just react and then we justify, react and justify. And this is where over time, all of those poor decisions accumulate. And now we're stuck with a different label. And that is just a bad person. I don't believe in labeling people as bad or good. Um, when we label someone specifically as a bad person, what we're implying is that they will do wrong and misbehave regardless of circumstances, that they are just bad at their core. When we label someone as a good person or a bad person, this is a fixed mindset because again, we're saying no matter what you do, this is who you are. The truth is all of us have a potential to grow and develop into a better version of ourselves. But we have to be able to heal from past trauma, develop that self-awareness and understanding of why we're thinking and behaving in the ways that we are, have the proper resources, information, and support to grow and develop into a better version of ourselves. So if we're not getting that support from others and we're constantly being labeled, then we may ourselves adopt that fixed mindset and say, well, this is who I am. And I was that person too. I had heard that I was crazy so many times that I just finally accepted, you know what, maybe I am crazy. I've been talking a lot about quote unquote negative labels, 
But there's also danger in attaching positive labels to people's identity and personality. I automatically think about children who have worked super hard to obtain good grades, and then they're wrongfully labeled as a quote-unquote genius, and now they're expected to excel in everything they do and perform flawlessly. Hard work and genius are very different. There are few geniuses in the world. There's a lot of people that work hard to get to where they are. But this puts a lot of undue pressure on children to perform, and it can harm their mental health and self-esteem. And again, they grow into adults that become perfectionist. And perfectionism is a losing battle because none of us are perfect, and we can always improve. So with every single thing that you do, you are analyzing and scrutinizing it and thinking, how could I have done it better? These top performers who have this label imposed on them tend to show very little grace whenever they make mistakes. So if you feel like being a perfectionist has either been imposed on you or you've slapped that label on yourself, really sit with yourself and ask, is this benefiting me? Am I learning from my mistakes or am I dwelling on my mistakes? Because that is extremely unhealthy for your mental health, your self-esteem, and you're always going to be looking for validation from other people the rest of your life unless you switch that narrative. Here are a few other labels that we commonly use, very positive labels, but can unknowingly cause unwarranted stress on someone. Giver. People that are always doing for others may be defined as a giver. Now that sounds so kind, right? Who wouldn't want to be labeled as a giver? But for that individual they may start to neglect their own needs because they feel like it's selfish to focus on themselves whenever they have been known for helping and taking care of others. Winner is another positive label that can have negative implications because when we label someone as a winner, they can start to focus more on the outcome versus the efforts versus the process. So this label implies that anything but winning is a failure. They stop focusing on competing with themselves, and now they're looking to outdo others. And while I'm sure there's many other positive labels that have negative effects, the last one that I want to talk about today is beauty. So positive labels based on appearance. And this creates an expectation for an individual to maintain a certain appearance and to uphold their quote-unquote identity. And I think all of us have seen enough celebrities to know that it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much work you get done, you're never going to look like you did when you were 20 or 30. You can try your best. You may improve by a few years, maybe a decade, but we're all going to age. We're never going to look the same as we did when we were young. So when you attach that label, if you've been a sex icon, so to speak, or have always been known for your beauty, then who are you when that beauty fades away over time. Superficial labels like being beautiful or hot or sexy or number one, those are fleeting. We're never going to be number one for the rest of our lives. It's not possible. We can tell ourselves that, but the truth is there will always be someone who outdoes us in the future. And when we accept that reality, but yet we still haven't accepted ourselves, then this can lead to depression. It can lead to low self-esteem. It can lead to resentment and hostility to others. It's just a very negative downward spiral. Behavioral labels, positive or negative, imply an expectation of character and heavily influence how we engage, how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and how we treat one another. And this happens at a subconscious level. As a consequence of labeling, we tend to create 
self-fulfilling prophecies. So if we believe someone is a bad person, guess what? We're probably going to treat them like a bad person. We're not going to be kind to them. We're not going to be courteous to them. And we might even be hateful or nasty to them because we've convinced ourselves that they are undeserving of our respect. And when we start to treat people that way, what we're unknowingly doing is encouraging the very behavior and reactions from them that we would expect. There was a study conducted in 1968 by Rosenthal and Baghdad, and it demonstrated the power of our expectations on the performance and behavior of others. So they used teachers and students as the example. And what they found was when teachers had positive expectations of a student, the student performed very well. And equally, if the teacher held low expectations, the student performed below standard. I believe this is the same study that I've heard of before where they took a group of students that were high performers and low performers, and they mixed them up and they split them into two groups. And this was a double blind study. So the teachers had no clue who the top performers were and who the low performers were. But they were handed a group of students that said, this group are your low performers. And then they were handed another group and said, these are your high performers. But there was a mix of high performers and low performers in both groups. Guess what happened? The group that was labeled high performers, regardless of how they actually performed, performed far superior than the group that was labeled low performers. So even if a student was a high performer, they did worse being in the group that was labeled low performers because of how the teacher was engaging with those students. It was like the teachers kind of gave up on the low performers and just accepted that that's who they were. But then they put all their energy and effort into the high performers, Sad, but true. And it shows the power, the immense power of what labels can do and how we treat other people and the beliefs that that creates in those individuals that we have imposed those labels on. Powerful stuff. So how do we strip away these labels? The first step is making the unconscious conscious. In our society, we are notorious for putting adjectives before nouns. For example, they are a despicable human being despicable is put before human being instead of they are a human being who is acting in blah, blah, blah way. That is a minor adjustment, but a powerful adjustment. Just simply swapping the adjective and nouns makes a significant difference in how we perceive the other person in situation. We see it as temporary instead of being a constant. We detach that label from their identity and we now realize that their wrongdoing or behavior is a moment in space and time. It is independent of who someone is. So this act of removing labels can be challenging because we have been conditioned to categorize and generalize people within these categories, good, bad, right, or wrong. But the thing is, life and people, everything in this universe is far more complicated than we make it. So we have to stop oversimplifying and defining things by absolutes. Life is a world of gray. It is ever-evolving, ever-changing. It is not static. I don't think many of us even realize how powerful we are the power that we have to change the world around us, to change the landscape of human behavior and connection. All it takes is us altering our individual perceptions of the world and the beliefs that we hold about ourselves and about others and making those unconscious scripts and narratives and conditions conscious so that we can reevaluate them and ask ourselves, is this benefiting us both individually and collectively? What I'm about to suggest may seem a little Pollyanna to some people, and that is give people the benefit of the doubt. But here's why it's not Pollyanna. When you give people the benefit of the doubt, you're also not creating a positive narrative around them. 
a lot of people will suggest that if you're cut off in traffic by an erratic driver, instead of labeling them as a jerk or someone who's inconsiderate, label them as someone who may be on their way to the hospital for an emergency or late to work. Something's happening. And when you reframe it in that positive way, it changes the narrative. The truth is you don't know why they're behaving that way. So why would you want to put a narrative around it to begin with, positive or negative? Instead, just accept that there are people who do things that are very inconsiderate, but there's always a reason behind why we do the things that we do. It's to either alleviate stress, to have a need met, whatever the case may be. So instead of trying to figure people out, just realize they've got stuff going on that is causing them to react in the ways that they're reacting. The best thing that we can do is to treat everyone with kindness, respect, and understanding. And that can be extremely difficult for our society because everything is hyper-conditional. We believe that to treat someone with kindness and respect, they have to be deserving of that. But we've got to switch that narrative and start to see things from an unconditional perspective because all of us have something to offer this world. But what we have to offer can be buried. It can be buried by trauma, a lack of awareness, And then it can be encased by this very strong ego that is very hard for a lot of people to break through. And the only way to break through is to treat people with kindness and respect. That doesn't mean you have to go out of your way and be overly nice. But what it does mean is that you do not treat people less than you would like to be treated. You do not treat people based on how you feel like they should be treated based on their actions. Instead, you treat everybody with a baseline respect that they are a human being who has went through a lot of stuff in their life, all of us have, and they may need that love and understanding. But until we have that narrative, we're going to continue to see a lot of the discord in our society because everybody is expecting the other person to change before they treat them with that respect and kindness. And this is coming from someone who used to be labeled as a bad person, a crazy person, a hateful person. It took someone showing me love, compassion, and respect, even when I may have felt undeserving of it myself. It allowed me to realize that I am not worthless. And yes, I have a lot that I need to work on, but I could see myself with love and compassion versus accepting that narrative that had been placed on me, which is exactly what I was doing. I had accepted that I was a bad, hateful, miserable person. So just imagine being that catalyst for someone else or someone else being that catalyst for you. Let's all be a catalyst for positive change. I want to thank you for joining me for today's solo episode. Don't forget, if you're wanting to make some extra cash and interested in learning more about affiliate marketing, stick around. So you want to make some extra cash. How about a few hundred to a few thousand dollars? How does that sound? What I'm looking to do is partner with people who are passionate about emotional intelligence and to work in organizations. Maybe you're a leader, maybe you're an event coordinator, maybe you help plan conferences, maybe you're part of an association, whatever the case may be. I'm looking for people to help me get more speaking engagements for this year, and I am offering to give you 10% of my earnings. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with how much speakers make, but it ranges anywhere from just a couple thousand all the way to tens of thousands of dollars per speaking engagement, depending on what the event is, which means that you're going to be earning at least 200, if not a thousand plus dollars 
per booked engagement. The keyword there being booked engagement. So for every person who actually signs a contract and the speaking engagement is executed from beginning to end, you get 10% of that. If that sparks your interest, go to the show notes. There is a link that allows you to book time on my calendar. We'll have a short 15-minute chat. I'll go over the details, and then you can decide from there if you want to become an affiliate marketer. It's as simple as that. Thank you for sticking around to listen to this offer, and thank you for being a listener of the Living and Leading with Emotional Intelligence podcast. I hope you'll join us next time, but until then, live and lead with an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening.